told you before, I didn't want you to read this crap. I never saw such rotten crap in my life. Where do you get this shit? Who sells it to you? I'm talking to you, young man. You want to answer me when I'm talking to you. You remember who puts the friggin' bread on the table around here, don't you? Stan, don't be too hard on him. All the kids read him. My boy isn't all the kids. You want to know where this is going, Billy? In the garbage. Right into the friggin' garbage. Now, you got any smart mouth about that? The windows are open downstairs. I better get out of clothes and the rain will get in. No, I'll do it. I got some garbage I want to throw away. Daddy, please don't throw it away. I'm sorry. The next time, young man, I find you with a worthless piece of shit like this again, you won't sit down for a week, buddy boy. Remember that. Billy, if your dad was serious, then you might want to turn this show off because I do believe it falls into the category of a worthless piece of shit. This is Tom Atkins. Skeleton Crew. Thrill me. Guys, it's the Skeleton Crew, number 96. This is Alex. I am here with Jamie Jenkins. What's up? Not excited to be here as always. These are great times. Uh, the show is, I don't know, it's just become so much more than I ever hoped that it would ever be. When you start things like this, Jamie, you do hope people listen. You do sort of imagine getting, you know, a following and someone actually connecting with you, but. I don't think anybody ever really can predict the actual interaction and community built around it. No, and it's, it is way more than I ever could have imagined. I appreciate everyone so much, and they're just incredible. Like, I just had my birthday. I'm old now. And, <laughs> but I... I 29? If I... Yes. Okay, that's not bad. <laughs> With, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually... I'm 40... I'm, uh, and that's not scary to me because I feel more accomplished and more, I don't know. I mean, this is the best I've ever felt in my life. So I don't see it as a bad thing. I'm, I'm just, it's, it's a good thing. And besides, I don't look 40, so that's awesome. Well, would you but, say you're a pretty simple girl? <laughs> do you, do you just like to, uh, what the fuck did he say? I gotta find that clip. Let me see. Yeah, uh, Dave, uh, tell the folks something about yourself. Well, there's not a whole lot to tell. I, uh, I've been a big-time horror movie viewer since the 80s. I'm, I'm an old man compared to most of the people here. I'm, I'm uh, 40 years old. I've been watching a lot of horror movies since the 80s, since I was old enough to rent them. And uh, I live in Buffalo, New York right now. I work at the casino out here. And, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to tell. I'm a pretty simple guy. So would you say you're, you're a pretty simple girl who lives in Georgia? Yes, I am. Only I have been a horror film viewer since the 70s. So, you know, I got a few years on them there. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's an awesome time. And I and it was made that way by mostly our listeners right. who really came out and made me feel really special. And they have no idea what a simple happy birthday wish really does mean. You know, when you can't 
and, and you and I were talking about this when you when it's so difficult to connect with people locally who like the things that you do, who understand why you like the things that you do. Uh, it just it means so much, and I cannot possibly describe how much I appreciate every one of those people out there, particularly the ones who take the time to reach out. Yeah, because you know. We've always said we're wrapping the show up at 100 and stuff, and everybody knows that that's coming around. It's happening. Uh, the 100th show will be here on Halloween night. Uh, I feel bad, too. I wonder if we should put it the day before. I don't want to take up people's Halloweens with this. I wonder if we should uh, put it out the night before or something, but then it wouldn't be as iconic, right? They can always listen to it at their leisure. You know, it's, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be one of those big shows, just like the 50th. And, uh, yeah, that'll be Halloween night, so I hope everyone's here. And we have a couple shows planned. This show is a double feature, a review of two new movies. They're new in a way. One of them is brand new, and that is Cabin Fever 3, Patient Zero. And the other one is not new, but it is new to the public uh, in terms of purchasing. It is Oculus. That just came out. They both just came out on Redbox. You could rent those for $2.50, both of them. And you can watch the movies we're reviewing. I, I particularly encourage them to watch Oculus because <laughs> I, I, I really like that movie. Not Alrighty to tip my then. hand too much. But, yeah. Hey, Jamie, just don't ever play poker. <laughs> <laughs> You'll lose. They're going to hear it in a minute anyway. Yeah, what's the difference? <laughs> then they get to hear why. Hey, butthead. How come, like, some stuff sucks, but then, like, some stuff is pretty cool? Uh, well, if nothing sucked and, like, everything was cool all the time, then it's like, how would you know it was cool? All right, guys, this is Oculus 2013. A new movie, relatively. Uh, we didn't touch on it, but now it's in Redbox. It's pretty accessible, even if you don't go to the movie theater. So we figured we'll review it now. It's from director Mike Flanagan. He's from Scotland or Ireland. Uh, it stars Catherine Isabel as Kelly Russell. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Karen Gillian. What? what? Gillian. I was going to say Catherine Isabel. Just kidding. No, I'm trying to say that that's who should have been there. Oh, okay. Right? Don't you think that would be a perfect role for Katie? Yeah. Don't you think that girl kind of looked like Katie that was in, um, she was a poor man's Katie in, um, um, Cabin Fever 3? Oh, yeah, yeah. The one with the, the high heels, right? Yes. Yep, exactly. Poor man's Katie. Yeah. Yep. Brenton Twats is Tim Russell. <laughs> um, the mom is Kate Sackoff. <laughs> and, uh, the dad is Rory Cochran. Is Alan Russell. Cochran. Yeah, and then the two kids are Alien Be- Bezo and Garrett Ryan. They're, they're the kid versions of those those people. Uh, so the synopsis here: a twenty one a twenty one year old Timothy is discharged from a mental institution by his psychiatric doctor Sean Graham, completely healed of his childhood trauma. His sister Kaylee uh, welcomes him in the parking area and brings him home. Then she tells them that they still need to destroy an ancient mirror that has just been bought in an auction. The reluctant Tim follows his sister and has fragmented recollections from his childhood. 
When his mother, Mary, buys a mirror for the home office of his father, Alan, Kaylee and Tim see a woman with their father in his office, and the behaviors of Alan and Mary change. Or Marie, the mom, the mom and dad change. Ending in a family tragedy. Kaylee blames the mirror and now wants to destroy it with Tim. Will they succeed? So... Like it says, the guy was in a mental institution because he had to block out everything. It just seemed so unrealistic. He couldn't believe that what he went through was real and completely legit. So they found pretty much logical reasons for everything and filled his head with it in order to say, well, look, dude, you can't tell me, for example, you think it makes more sense, and he quoted this, that the mirror ate the dog or that or that you, you don't remember correctly if he was even in this room. Or the dog was put to sleep. Yeah, something like that. That's what it was, because they thought the parents put the dog to sleep. Yeah. What do you guys think of the uh, the craftsmanship of the story? They interweaved the past and the present. Like, to me, I would have to sit there for months writing this out and making sure it all flows nice and works well. Like, the way they weaved in his memories, like, around the house and what they were doing presently, I think it was nothing short of brilliant and I'm so glad it was used for a horror movie. I think I'm glad so to too. hear you say it. My second viewing, I watched it twice. First time I saw it, I thought one thing of it. The second time I saw it, it was a completely different experience. I didn't dislike it the first time, but the second time, it really took me in. And I was, I'm, I'm so glad I watched it the second time because I, I thought my, I thought it would be a movie that my wife would be interested in. So there's certain movies that are wife movies and certain that are not. And I'm usually in the mood to watch horror, so I watched it by myself. And then my wife was around and said, hey, you know what? You might like this movie. So I put it in and showed it to her. And as I'm watching it, it really took me in this time. And yeah, I thought that was really cool the way they did that. Did she like it? Oh, yeah, I liked it. No, yeah. she liked did it. she like it? I don't care about you. Um, <laughs> yes, she liked it as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought it was very cleverly written. I, I didn't see any holes in it. I thought it was an interesting original story. You know, legitimately scary at times you know with because when it, whenever you fuck with someone's brain you know then that's that to me is when you have uh, the ability to really get in there and make you start to wonder like if you, if something can make you wonder about your own sanity and um like what's really happening you know versus what you know what, what is like like illusions you know like with the whole um light bulb thing Oh, I love yeah, that. I thought that was pretty scene. cool. I, mean, I hate that they actually showed that in the trailer, so you you, was, you were expecting it. But then it ended up being slightly different from the trailer, so they didn't completely fuck it up. But um, I still I wish that I had not been waiting for that moment, you know. But I still thought it was a really good moment. That's what I say. I'm, I'm, I, that's why I never watch trailers. I try not to because of that. And uh, now I watch them sometimes when we're doing the bites because we're talking about it on that particular show. But I have stepped back from trailers the last year big time, and that's so I never watched a trailer for Oculus. So that really was effective to me. That situation with the the bulb. Oh, that was fucking. Yeah, I didn't did either. You just imagine that. Oh. I didn't watch it, and it's weird. I I kind of knew the gag they were going for as soon as she put the the apple next to the bulb. I kind of knew it was coming, but the way they made her grab it was a little off and mm-hmm. it almost seemed like she really did grab the apple so i thought it was one of those ah who you know like those old gags where they turn the camera real slow like somebody should be behind them but there's no one there i kind of thought it was that kind of a deal but <clears throat> no she bit into it yeah i mean jamie's right the thing that makes this movie so amazing 
And it, oddly enough, it was the the turning point of the movie. It was the big turning point for the brother uh, <laughs> when you think that you had an argument inside of a voyeur or whatever it's called, a foyer or whatever the fuck. And all of a sudden you find out that this thing has you on camera doing something completely different. You're like, what the fuck? This shit is real, dude. Like, this is really going down. Like, my sister's not delusional. Something's, you know, there's some legitimacy. And he's still, and the plants were dying and shit, so... It, it, it was an amazing turning point, and the the real one was when they thought they went outside, and then he was mm-hmm. inside, and he was cuddled down on the floor. When you're not in control, and I, like Dave said, I was sucked in. I felt like I was him, thinking you're doing something, and you're not. And that, when you have no control over that, you're at the mercy of that fucking mirror or whatever. Yeah, and then I love how, I love how she had everything in place you know it's like she yeah. had put so much thought and planning into this whole thing she had the fail safe that i mean she just was complete and i love the fact that she did it like this character was so obsessed with this thing that she completely thought out every little as far as like the timing and the alarms and all of that i mean she was just into it mm-hmm. and so i'm right there with her I mean, that that makes me more excited because you're just waiting for something to go wrong and uh but then it's just like well i mean she's She's pretty much thought of everything. She had and every have, fucking base cover. I'm sorry, everything, every base, right? Yeah, and yeah, and then but then when you get when you start messing with something like this, then you realize that it's going to think of things that you hadn't thought of. You know, <laughs> apparently, it's so you know? it's so strong. I mean, to 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 you know to use their phrase, having every base covered. She did, and she did everything you could possibly think of, you know? But this thing is so strong that she didn't even figure out that it's strong enough to go into the baseball stadium and fucking take the bases right off the field. Just throws a curveball, again, with a baseball metaphor, but, I mean, crazy. (laughs) But, yeah, she had every base covered, and the problem is, even if you do that, it doesn't mean shit, because (laughs) you can have a machine... Now, one thing you could argue is why shouldn't why didn't she just hang up the mirror and just pull that thing right away? I guess she wanted to see this manifest or whatever. The the idea that you have this thing that's going to break the mirror and you wonder was the mirror going to fall off the wall when it's about to hit it and it'll be okay or whatever the fuck and I don't know what'll happen. But it makes you stand in front of it and there's once you do that, you're just shit out of luck. You don't know where the fuck you are, where you're going, what you're really doing. Their bases don't mean shit no more in this movie. And that's the terrifying part about it. See, that's what I like about Blair Witch 2. Like everybody shits all over Blair Witch 2, <laughs> yeah. but I really like the fact that in that film, what you think is happening right in front of you and what you're completely certain is what's going on. And then, you know, in that you know, in your mind, that is reality. But then like you go back and watch videotapes and it's something completely different and you have no recollection of how that went down and it's not you're like no damn it i was (laughs) this is what happened i was right here and this happened but then it's like you you know you start fucking with somebody's mind and it's it's that's some scary shit because you don't then know what to trust or what to believe and um, as the audience you're the same way it's it's crazy. Like they're arguing about something and they're like, okay, let's go back and watch the videotape and you'll see. And then they go back and it shows them fucking moving the things around and doing this. And you're like, holy fuck, you're fucked now. 
I mean, this kid's trying to prove his point that fucking because he was into into the, in the institution or whatever it was, and they had him convinced that he's a skeptic now, and that it's this, this, and this. He's totally not expecting his sister to be the way she is when he gets out. He's thinking that he was sick and now he's normal. He's thinking his sister's normal. Turns out she's fucking feeding him with all the same shit that they erased from his mind while he was in the place. They're arguing about it. He's trying to be rational. She's saying, no, no, you fucking forgot. Look what what they do to you in there. And then you don't know what side you're on. Then you see that scene and you're right there with them and you're like, what the fuck? And then it it hits both of them because they're both just in shock. You're like, wow, what the hell happened? I mean, that scene was powerful as fuck. That in the exposition on the history of the mirror are, are two of the best points in the movie. I love what I she's like going that a lot over. Too. Wasn't it so cool? It was almost like a throwback. It, it kind of reminded me of an 80s film in a way, the type of horror that it was when going over the stuff historically about something that happened in the past. It's, it's like an old st- type story that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Now, it was so refreshing. This is uh, what is perceived to be wrong with horror today is that there's no defining thing going on that defines our decade except for uh, remakes you know that and that is what's wrong with horror that there's no originality anymore and nobody will pay to see anything that's original all you'll all you want to pay for now is if something you're already familiar with because you feel you feel safe you feel safe and you'll say well shit I mean yeah I'm familiar I'll go in this oh Oculus what the fuck is that I'm not watching Oculus was it about Alien 4 like what the fuck kind of movie is this like, you know, like, it sounds like an alien. Like, when literally when people said Oculus, I thought they were talking about uh, uh, Prometheus. Like, I really didn't know what the fuck anybody was talking about. And it just came out of nowhere. It seemed to hop in the theater instantly, and I heard nothing about it prior. And you would think I would, right? But somehow I didn't. I don't know why. But it's almost like I don't know. It was just there, and then I was on tape, and all of a sudden I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my point is that... If horror is like this, this is what I'm looking for today. You know, shit that messes with my mind, but I could still follow it uh, fairly well, and it's still all over the place. Like, that shit works for me. What was I thinking about? I guess, like, the, a couple weird things about it is, like, to have such a vivid memory back when that happened, and even to imagine that the kid gets taken away, and then when they ask the sister what the fuck happened, as if she wouldn't. Her story wouldn't coincide with his, as if anyone's to believe that that wouldn't happen, is pretty crazy. I'm sure she would say, no, he's right. And this and this and that, but how come she didn't get taken away in institution because she didn't shoot the guy? Clearly, both these kids are fucked up. She kept her mouth shut. She didn't say anything, I don't think. I don't think she would have had a, uh, any success or anything or boyfriends or any of that. So she probably just kept it to herself. It was like the promise at the end of um, of it after the kids destroy it the first time. You know, we're going to keep this to ourselves. And this is – make a promise to me that, you know, we're going to destroy it No, someday. no. They just said that we're going to come back. They didn't say keep it to themselves. And ha- well, yeah, but who would tell anybody that? And, and, and watch right, I mean, this. you're going to – people are going to think you're crazy. She saw right. what happened to her brother. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think at that point, you're just like, all right, well, if I say anything to anybody, they're going to think I'm fucking nuts. Well, you know? Right. I don't and, like, of course, just like the characters in it, they didn't tell anybody. They all got married and not all, but, you know, you know how the story goes. They weren't telling outsiders about, about fucking Pennywise and all that shit. They just kept it in the family. They kept it to themselves. Who are you going to tell that to? They fucking they throw you in there, too, like Jamie said. They, they'd incarcerate her, you know? Right. It's so, like people who get, like, uh, you have, like, 
two people, like two kinds of people who are abducted by aliens. The ones who who run screaming through the town and telling everybody about everyone about it, and then they are then from that point on referred to as the town crazy. And then you have ones who don't say anything until like the alien comes back, and then it is necessary to reveal the plot that they actually already knew about the alien. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, it's like if you keep your mouth shut, I mean, you just know that only bad things will happen because no one will believe you. And there's no point in saying anything because no one's going to believe you. Right. Yeah. I She's mean, biding her time, waiting for him to come out of the institution and doing all the research. And, of course, she's not going to forget about it because look at the horrible fucking things that happened to her parents. You'd never forget something like that. So you're just but waiting. Then it, like, it, it makes you – I love how it makes you start to wonder, well, I mean because they, they do the whole thing about, you know, well, me, the human the human mind – and its memory right. is not as trustworthy as you like to think. Yeah, it is. you'll piece it together. So you'll you'll take little bits of information and it'll fill its own gaps so that it correlates mm-hmm. with whatever your memory is, and you'll make it work. And that's what they taught him in psychology, I guess. You know, that's another good thing about the movie. I think they really did. Re- they probably researched with real psychologists. And what would you do to a patient? What would you tell them? How would you explain it? How would you turn them into a sane person? They probably did all that. And there was that's why it was such great, strong dialogue between the two of them when he was going back and forth about how it's not real, this is that, you don't get it, blah, blah. So that was all strong. You don't get strong writing. Now you get, wow, it's really wet down here. And it's, it's you know, you're really... <laughs> like, you don't get shit like this. You gotta remember, people don't like this or appreciate it. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're insane. Right? Now, I just saw a listener, um, I think he's actually a Devour listener, but I don't know if he listens to Skeleton Crew as well, so he may, may or may not be hearing this review later. But I just saw a listener post today that... He watched this movie and he wants his dollar twenty-eight back because nothing fuck? happened. What? Wow. Wow. And he's and I just... don't I don't get that at all. I don't I, I don't understand that because I think a lot happened and I think it was I think it was smart. I think it was engaging, you know, and really it really fucks with you. And that's what I appreciate about it, you know. If I met this chick and she was so completely obsessed with this thing that she had done all this research and she set up all these traps and she set, you know, all the, the, the timers and then reminding to eat and, and the fail safe and all that. I mean, if I just walked into this situation, I would probably think, God damn, you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but it's just and that's that's what I love about it is you're presented with this is what's considered sane. This is what's considered crazy. Which one is actually the truth? I love that. Us as the viewer, we're watching it. We're trying to figure it out. At some points, you're believing him and the scientific approach. And you know what? Oh, yeah, wait a minute. Maybe it's they're going to flip it on us, and she's the fucking lunatic. Maybe she killed the dad, and we're all going to find this out in the end. So it kind of keeps you guessing. Right. It did its shop. It did everything yes. was right. I, and you know what Jamie said about the someone else complaining about it? The other day, I was talking to some – there was these two girls – on Facebook, and they were talking in one of the horror groups, you know, and something they were talking about this and how they didn't like it and how fucking Mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland was so much better. I'm like, are you oh fucking my God. crazy? I go, you don't <laughs> see this? Right, that right. And then I talked about the ending. I'm like, right, I couldn't fucking wrap my head. I'm like, how the hell do you not see how this is quality horror and good writing and it kept us guessing? How? Do- it's so good and it's never... well. 
I do have one. Oh, it's not perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect at all. But whatever, it's a good movie. I mean, okay, but before we I even get there, I don't want to like. Did, did it click to either one of you? Or was it noticeable? She brings the dog in, and he goes, "You you named your dog Dog," and she goes, "No, he doesn't have a name." Do you guys realize that later on in the movie, when the dog is barking a lot, she goes, "Mason, be quiet." What? Oh, because wasn't their original dog called Mason when they were kids? I don't know. Well, maybe that's it. I think that's why. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe, you know, you you stumbled onto something else that I didn't realize that she named it because maybe she'd born affection to it or something. Mm. Is that what you were getting? At? What uh, was the oh, point? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, it's not. There's no point. It's just that oh, okay. I wonder what the point was. Because why would you say I didn't name the dog and then later on you yell a name? Like I, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Because she was touching into the flashbacks that he was touching into. No, no, no. She saw that dog walk past. That's something else, and that must be just a memory of hers. There's no way that was actually real. Her actual little caged dog, she called Mason, after she said he has no name. So I was just Yeah, my guess is that it was the same room that they were in before, and the dog when they were kids was named Mason. Yeah, maybe. Now, I could be wrong. We'll go back, and I'll I'll probably watch it again. I'll think, well, I want to know now, but that's what I was thinking, because it was so... Every time they're in a room, either one of them, not just him, I think she does it too. They flash Flash back to the past. So I'm thinking maybe in her mind she was back in the past for that moment, and that's why she went with Mason, which would have fit in with the, the plot the way it was going. Right. So. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, the mirror pretty much kind of seems to possess the mom and dad. The mom just stands in front of it, and she oh, sort of loses herself in the mirror. I guess the mirror takes maybe the real—I don't know. I'm not really sure what happens exactly. How about when he calls her fat cow, but he doesn't really say it or yeah, something? Yeah, right. That's fucking, that is something that would happen to someone that was like insecure about their weight or anything and she had scars from the C-section or whatever. The mirror totally fucked with her. And no woman wants her husband to call her a fat cow, period. I don't care if you weigh 105 pounds. If your husband calls you a fat cow, it's going to affect you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, you know, it's just even if you know you're not fat and, you know, he walks in, he's like, hey, fat cow. And you're like, uh, but. (laughs) If a girl is five pounds over what she thinks she should be, she'll think she's fat. So there are no girls who will take the word fat cow uh, lightly. (laughs) So what do you guys think? Now, a key moment in the movie is when, you know, sorry, guys, we're not going to do a walkthrough. We hope you saw this. Um, The key moment in the movie is when I guess somebody comes to the door or whatever, and the girl takes broken pieces on the floor that are not really there and then stabs her fiancé in the neck with that piece. Now, you know, she went back and forth with the idea this isn't real, so it didn't happen. But then, the same camera she used to film the empty bare floor, she used to film the fiancé, and he was still there. Then, they make him call her, thinking, oh, maybe it's not him. But then, we talked. they talked about the idea where the house, or the, the mirror will actually <clears throat> project its voice into the phone. It controls everything, sort of, uh, within a 30-foot radius. So, did she really kill her fiancé? See, that, and that, oh, man, that was hard for me. That fucked with me, too, because it, it, and it was supposed to. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. But the the whole time, I'm like, oh, God, he's dead. Oh, wait, maybe he's not dead. Oh, wait, no, wait, (laughs) fuck, I think he is. I think, yeah, I, yeah. Um, But... 
it was hard because I kept thinking well, maybe that's just an illusion or maybe that's just a it's fucking with her one way or the other. Which way is it fucking with her? Either it made either it made her think she killed him when she didn't, or it it made her think she didn't kill him when she did. I don't know, but yeah, I think so. I think so too. But the cool thing is, <laughs> because of the way the film concluded, it doesn't make a fucking difference. Right? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That that's what's cool about it. Think about <laughs> it doesn't it, you matter because you you would think okay, well when they're dragging the boy away this time, now they gotta drag her away too because she fucking just killed her fiance. Yeah, they're not dragging her away right. unless they're fucking wrapping her up. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, as you, as everybody knows. But before we get to to that very part, I just want to talk about, you know, they did a fucking Michael Jackson thriller scene in here where she fucking turns around, or he does, the the brother, and every all the zombies of the past who were killed in the mirror all just kind of standing there looking at him. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. He at that point he runs over and hits the switch to make the anvil come in and break the mirror, and somehow his sister's just standing there, and it's like there's no way around this shit. Right. And he goes and he cuts the sister's head off or some shit, or right to her back or something. So he kills her. So now she's kind of let off the hook with the murder of her fiance. He's getting dragged away. The same old, uh, same old shit. It's weird. I think it was a little anticlimactic at that point because. It's amazing. A movie that's written so well, it just ends kind of with a whimper to me. Because the dad scene, that was like not as intense or compelling as the whole rest of the movie. Like even when they're getting chased by the mom and banging on the door, it just was very low key. He, he, he didn't even seem to have any fucking energy. He's like a fucking zombie just standing there like, uh, uh. But that's why. That's the point of it, that it had him. He was in, in the clutch. The mom looked like the fucking sister in Pet Cemetery, and she was Holy like a wild... Fuck. And she's a wild animal, and it's like, but the dad is just moping around like Jason in fucking Takes Manhattan, just walking <laughs> everywhere. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. To me, it didn't play on camera. Like, he's choking the kid, the girl, then he just stops, and then the kid doesn't shoot him. He thought he was going to shoot him to save the sister, but he doesn't. Then he just pulls the trigger to kill himself. And then that's the end. And then you get him running the thing. It just hits the sister. It's like, what? She was there again? I thought we already kind of did that. That whole kind of thing where she's there when she's not supposed to be. And then they're there not supposed to be. Oh. Wow. Holy shit. I have the complete fucking uh, the opposite feeling about it. Wow. I've, I thought the ending is fucking brilliant. And I think that it was showing the different psychoses of what would happen. Like the woman was chained in that fucking house. She only bugged out for that few minutes. She wasn't possessed for the rest of her life. She bugged out, but then she got locked in that thing. Then the husband fucking ended up tying her up and not feeding her. Then they get in there. She has no teeth. If that happened to you, that's like torture. She's eating like a fucking porcelain doll or some shit. And it's a good comparison to what you said about a Zelda on Pet Cemetery. Someone that's in that state and locked in there and fucking left to fend for themselves and they have nothing and they're they're already touched because of the mirror touching them and then all that shit. She's going fucking ballistic. Now the other guy, the husband, he's possessed by so he's so sucked into it because he would stand in in that mirror and continue to stand in that mirror and look into it endlessly. So he's even more off the deep end, but he's like sucked into a different realm he's one it's of, on my list it's on my list like he just it's on my list he's just yeah. not even into anything 
But that makes sense. He's sucked in and he's seeing shit. That's fucking evil. I understand. And powerful. Right. And how about those people that they showed? All the people from the past, the stories we heard about that the girl, when she did that exposition earlier about 1876, this person had the mirror. This now, what's the point them. of that? Because they went through the exact same thing, so they're endlessly in that mirror as well. Okay. The father's just another one. So he sucked in. That's fucking scary. That's badass. But the I don't know if you want to get to the end end exactly, but the fucking dichotomy in that is absolutely brilliant. How this guy just, he got in trouble for killing his father the first time. All he wants to do is be, you know, rehabilitated and come out and then fucking do this. And then society's let him out after, after he saw psychiatrists for years and he's okay. He was innocent the first time. And he's still innocent, and the same fucking thing happens again. And he gets cuffed and taken away. So in the police and in everybody's eyes, he's the exact same killer. This fucking crazy son of a bitch. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Killed his father, I mean, got out and killed his sister. He's just a bad guy. End of story. And the dichotomy in that and the fucking comparison of his uh, of his life, I think it's brilliant. And the, a downer ending like that, it's like the mist. I love when movies end that way. Yeah, just, or the fact that... that- if his sister had just let this shit go, right, nothing would have happened, and not dragged, and oh. not dragged, not been so obsessed with it, and not dragged him into the whole thing, he could have gone out the rest of his life and been perfectly happy <laughs> and perfectly normal. You know, I mean, it's just, but he was so driven then, and I think, I mean, and do you think then? Look, I mean, the mirror. What what has kept her so driven? Is it so hard to believe that maybe the mirror just? knew this was all going to happen. I don't know. And it and it sort of orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it bided its time. Hell, it's been around since the fucking you know Yeah, it's got nothing else better to do. <laughs> yeah, what else is it gonna do? That's what it does. Right? It's just hanging around. <laughs> the the one thing uh it never explained was who put the crack in the mirror. That never was explained because when the kids went to hit it with the fucking golf clubs, they were hitting the wall. I never got, and she was like, I hope that still hurts like a something something in the beginning. And and what, who did that? Did we ever get an answer? I mean, did I miss something? I thought we did, but now I don't remember what it was, but I thought we did. Uh, I think they showed it happening. I think they showed when the crack first happened the first time. No, I didn't and it had it. something to do with the initial confrontation. I recall seeing it. I wish I could. Yeah, really? Yeah, because just because I watched it the second time, I remember seeing it and it registering with me that they showed how it happened. Can't for the life of me remember what it is. Hmm. <sighs> Fuck. What was it? Speak on that though. I just thought of a cool scene in the beginning. How about that part with the three statues? That was that was amazing. Bad. I love that part. Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, and it yeah. was weird because you know now that we're so in tune with horror movies, as she's walking up to it, I'm guessing <laughs> the gag. You know, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. She's pulling down the one. I already know that's not the one. She's pulling down the other, and I thought at that point it would jump as she's pulling the other one or something. Right. <laughs> then you get to that one, and I'm wondering what the gag's gonna be. And I sort of did guess that somebody would interrupt her. But that's it. Your imagination. You were running. It was. You know. You were left to come up with your own conclusion. What's what? What is it gonna be? Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. That's what's cool. But it was gone when she went to go turn it back. I guess I didn't guess that it wouldn't be there this time. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But it was. It was still worked for some reason. Even though it's it's sort of an old gag, it still worked. That's why it worked because you were so you you were so busy anticipating what it could be 
I love when they do that. When they take something and you're like, oh, well, just based on decades and decades of horror films, this is going to be the outcome of this situation. But then it's not. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I think a second watch might play better for that ending because now, you know, when I expect, when I don't know what to expect, my mind goes a little bit crazy. But when I do, I take it in better sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think I will, since I love the whole movie so much, I think that ending will probably play better uh, the second time around. So I'm not going to penalize it for that. So how do you guys rate this, uh, Jamie? What do you what do you give this out of five? I give this a four. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I really I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, what's not to like? You, I don't know. Maybe just really into slashers or some shit that you don't like this. I don't know. Uh, Dave, what do you? Uh... I agree. Uh, once again, I give it a solid four. Yeah. Very good movie. Me too. I give it a four. That's so weird. Wow, isn't it? When does that happen? Holy shit. <laughs> Coming into it, I didn't know what you guys were going to think. Either one of you could have talked shit about this movie, and I wouldn't have been all that surprised because of, of the feedback I've seen right. on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't no, know. I liked it. I'm I glad liked it you quite a did. bit. And yeah. I, was, I found it refreshing. Yeah. So did I, yes. And it did shit at the box office. That, therein is the, that, there, that's the problem. Anytime a it good original money. horror movie comes out, I'm glad it got some money. But I mean... Every time a good original horror movie comes nobody out, nobody sees it, and it's nobody fuck. It brings in no money, just like the other movie, as above, so below. That's good movie. why I go to fucking see this stuff, right? Because I, I'm like, you know what? I want someone to know that yes, I'm out here, and yes, I'm looking for something original, and it pays off. It paid off with Oculus. It paid off with As Above, So Below. All right, Oculus opening weekend made twelve million. A lifetime uh, worldwide. Well, lifetime American is twenty. 8 million and worldwide 40 million uh, 500,000. Okay, it didn't bomb. 12 million but... opening weekend. Um, is there a budget on box office mojo? You can find them sometimes. Sometimes they have it. No, I guess it didn't bomb, but it wasn't a, a, a smash success the way some fucking remake would be or something like that. And that is that once again, that's the problem. People complain about remakes and this is an un, 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 unoriginal right. movie. Then go out. see them. Right, fucking A. Then go see them. Right, you're next. Fucking tanked at the box office. Okay, this I'm not gonna say it bombed. I don't know. I don't know everything uh, about the. Well, this budget was five million for this movie. So it did make money. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And WWE films. Yeah, that was weird to see that, right? Well, no, because they're good. Because uh, now, now, see no evil. Take it or leave it. Fine. I, I give it like a three out of five on the show. I think I'm fine with it. I don't hate it. Whatever. Um, the, uh, no one lives. That's a good movie. I, I would have given that about a three and a half or, or maybe even a four. I got to give it a second watch. That was a good one. Now, this is another one. I enjoyed it. Now, Leprechaun Origins. Um, <laughs> I don't give a fuck because I never saw a single Leprechaun movie. Uh, the reviews haven't been stellar, but. Jason Lloyd bought the box set. Oh, I know. He loves that shit. Wow. I've never seen any of them. But in my opinion right now and everything I've seen, the WWE films to me, it have surprised me. And I'm glad you both really liked Oculus, too. That makes me happy. Makes me happy. Yep, so that's Oculus, guys. We absolutely recommend it. We will be right back after this. Thank you. 
This is a little conversation that took place during the review of Cabin Fever 3. It was just too distracting to flow with the review, but also so stupid we couldn't leave it out of the show. Enjoy! Well, the first moment that's disturbing in the movie is the guy clown faces his girlfriend. <laughs> now, Jamie, mm-hmm. have you ever... Would it be okay to ask you, do you still uh, go through sexually when you're, when it's that time of the month? Yes, I do. You do? Okay. Wow. I do. Hell yeah, I do. Of course she does. Now, does the guy clown face you, or do you avoid that part? I leave it up to the guy. I, I don't have a problem with it, but, <laughs> sure. but I, I let him make the decision. Has a guy ever made the decision that he will? Yep. Wow. <sighs> it's been a long time since you've probed me so deeply. <laughs> hey, now. I cannot believe this. <laughs> now, why would you want that? Why would I want that? When he comes up looking like Ronald McDonald, like is that? Why not? It still feels the same to her. I mean, as long as he washes his face before he kisses her. Yeah. Again. Let me let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you guys. At that particular time of hormonal fluctuation, I'm fucking rabid. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like it's 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 insane. Like your hormones are firing. Everything, all your senses are more alive. Everything is just, you know, I'm climbing the walls. So, um, yeah, hell yeah, I still go down. I mean, I still. <laughs> I you still, don't go down. Hey now, I still Wait go, a minute. Still we are probing her. It. It's funny you say that because when my girlfriend when it's her time of the month, she does go down. Ah, ah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm like, you know, she's like, honey, I, uh, we can't do anything. I'm on my period. I'm like, your mouth isn't bleeding, is it? <laughs> See, I don't understand that. We can't do anything. I'm on my period bullshit. Get a towel. Never. I agree. No, I'm all. What? I'll do the towel thing. If, <gasps> I'm, I'm married now. My wife, her answer is no. But in the past <laughs> of my life, I have. Right? Some women are okay with it and some are not. She's like, get your white ass out of here. <laughs> You've never done the towel, Alex? Never. R- really? Oh, come on. What's a little I agree. Fuck it. Maybe she'll shit. suck it off, too. You know? Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry. Christ. You put me on the show. You asked a question. <laughs> you right. you did ask the question. question. <laughs> you started the topic, right? Look, I'm a big fan of, of porn. I mean, it's sad to admit. I... I I've been into it since, huh, gee, I'm 35. I just turned 35. 20 years. I've been into it for about, no, sadly enough, I'd say 22 years. Oh, well, yeah. Fair enough. Or three. I don't know. But I've been, you know, like I said, a bit since scramble days. So <laughs> I'm perfectly fine breaking up my month with nonstop porn stuff. So if if my girlfriend has her period, I'm perfectly fine saying, okay, if you don't want to, you know, do that, what I said earlier, then I, that's fine. Just come home a little later and let me just take care of business. And I'm now, fine so, with that. So, wait a minute. If she didn't have a problem with it, would you do it? No. I never even questioned. And I'm not I saying never... going down. I mean, that's, that, that is, you know, yeah, that's Ugh. totally understandable. Right. But I'm like, you wouldn't have sex with her? No. Wow. Why? It's disgusting. No, really? it is not. And plus, this stuff probably gets in. But when you're done with it, with her, and you pee, it probably the first couple streams is blood. No, because it, it probably goes in you and fills you up, and then you got to pee that out. 
Oh. No, dude. After you, you know, after you take it out, all she has to do is is wrap it up in the towel that was below her, and she'll take care of it for you. Then you don't even have to look at the blood. You know what? I've actually been with a guy once who refused, and I never touched him again. That was it. Wow, it was well, a Jamie. deal breaker. You're missing out on some really good stuff. It's gross. Oh, it dries <laughs> up. It probably feels like you're... It doesn't feel like you don't even know it's there when you're doing it, Alex. Dude, I've... Okay, look. I'll I'll try to jump in on her last day and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Spotting even then... Yeah. I'll even jumping on the last day. <laughs> if I pull it out and, and it's not white, then there's... I, I go running to the bathroom and I go stick my dick in a sink. <laughs> if it ain't white, it ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I pull it out and I check on it every few every fifty or so pumps. And if it's not white, I'm, I'm right to the I run to the bathroom and I you know block. I go backwards because I don't like. I, you I take don't a like Norman her, Bates shower. <laughs> I, I I don't like when she looks at my. I don't like walking naked. I don't like when she looks at my ass. So I I turn and I run backwards <laughs> out of the door. <laughs> really? With, with with your freaking package bouncing up and down and shit? So she could see it? I'll cup that and I'll turn oh. around and shimmy out backwards. Oh. And then I'll run to the bathroom. You don't just walk around the house naked? No. What? What? Wait till you get married. See, he's he's not in that zone yet. Oh, please. I've been together five years. Almost. I understand, but when you get married, think, baby, it's just I so convenient not relax. to. I think you need to relax and not worry so much about it and not worry so much about stuff like that. Because she's not. I look like Mac and me when I'm walking around naked. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you she's not worried about the shit that you're worried about. Alex, let's say you were, you guys did live together or you are married and it is her time of the month. And, you know, obviously, you know, will you blow me? Uh, not tonight, whatever. Whenever she says no. Now, you're going to go use porn. Are you? If you're living with her, are you going to say, okay, I'll see you in 10 minutes and, and leave and, and, and go do your thing on the computer in another room and then just come out? Or would you not be able to do that? Would that not fly? I've, uh, well, now in this day and age, I've just made believe I'm going to the bathroom and I'm in there for 10 minutes. I'm, I'm on my phone. On your I do fucking that. phone? Yep. Phone in one hand, dick in the other? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Why can't you watch porn with her there? Oh, a lot of women weird. don't like that. Jamie. How is that weird? That is not weird. I have, I don't even understand. Tiff has done it, but she always, she just we stand there staring at it, and she just puts the girl down and says, "What about that?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, you gotta be kidding! What, what do you think you would look like if you were on there and you were in this position and that? You know, it's just like I feel like I have to criticize, and she feels she has to criticize. Otherwise, we <laughs> feel awkward." <laughs> And it's just not, it just doesn't work out. Yeah, you can't do that. I have said, I'm going to go in the bedroom and, and crank out. And I said, just don't don't come in here. But she has no idea that I'm going on the computer. I don't understand why she can't come in there. Why can't she help you or be with you or watch you or... I don't want her to watch me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You are so closed off sexually, I worry about you. What? He's not closed off. You don't see the fucking porn he watches. Are you kidding me? I'm one of the most liberated sexual people on the planet. <laughs> right. Yet you cannot let your fiancé look at your ass. Right. No, I, I prefer not to. That has nothing to do with my sex life. I just feel like an alien. An alien? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Montgomery? 
Like, I don't look, okay, let's put it this way. I don't think I look like Arnold in Terminator 1 when he was walking away from his fucking time warp thing. I don't you think don't I look like You don't have to. Nobody does. Okay. So, and your girlfriend doesn't look like. First fucking... of all, you are you are very good looking. Like you're very sexy. I don't even know where you have that. Why you have these issues? You have a great body. But even if you didn't, if you're with someone, then I, I think that all transcends all of that. You know, I don't look for perfection. No, she doesn't care. I care. Confidence, my boy. Confidence. It's not. Co- it's goofiness. It's about goofy. <laughs> Dave, do you walk around naked? Sometimes, yeah. Assuming your daughter is assuming your daughter uh, is <laughs> right. Of course not. No, if my Daddy, daughter's not. Daddy, stop that! <laughs> no, Dario Argento. I know, but like. <laughs> oh God! Right. <laughs> no, yeah. Of course I. I mean, I don't. I don't do it intentionally. But if I get out of the shower and I sit down on the computer, I'm doing something. I don't make it a point to. Oh shit! I better put my clothes on. No, if I, you know, if my dick's dangling, it is. So be it. I mean, when my daughter's not here, if she's here, of course I'm. You know. But yeah, when it's just my wife and I, yeah, I am, so to be I am naked all the time. Hey now, if I'm if I'm home all the time, I don't like clothes. I think they're constricting, and <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with the human body. And I don't, th- and I think that you're if you're with someone, then they, they don't, you know, they're not scrutinizing. They'll just you know walk by and grab you or whatever. You know, it's sexy. Yeah, but it's weird, like sitting on the couch. You get up and there's stains on the couch, like shit stains and stuff. <laughs> I have a leather <laughs> shit stains. <laughs> Alex is over there fucking And I don't have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) Like, every time I'm naked and I drag my ass across the carpet, it just leaves a mess. I just don't like it, man. I'd rather keep my clothes on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, everything's mental. We're we're, uh, at at, at the end of it. We all have our things, you know? Yeah. We all have our, whatever, little quirks that make us us. And some people do it this way, some do it another. It doesn't even have to be a confidence issue. I guess it's... No, it's not confidence. Right, I it's, know you're confident. I guess it's a, it's just a comfort issue. It's, just it's a, a comfort, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, see, J- what Jamie said, it's so... Because f- Dave knows it's so far from the truth. I am completely sexually liberated, and he knows that oh, yeah. everything sure. I'm into, I'm, like, so indulgent. It's really kind of like, <laughs> I'm probably not going to go to heaven. You know, like, <laughs> anything I want, I do. And anything... And it's weird. I've been able to sort of live out all my... Um, masturbatory fantasies with girls somehow they all kind of go for what i'm into yeah they get off on that yeah yeah it's it's amazing what i've had done to me Mm -hmm. and uh it's i don't know i have no complaints and i even the types of girls i like somehow like me so i'm kind of batting a thousand when it comes to that i mean it's just i don't like walking around naked i guess i don't know (laughs) it's about the and i don't want to get my dick all bloody i think it smells (laughs) bad it feels weird and it looks horrendous that, that's it. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, sexual. But What if Penny wanted to fuck you? What if you were in that position and she wasn't puking or had no skin thing going on, but she was just there in that situation, you're a single man on the beach and you met her. One thing led to another, and it's a stranger, and it's going to be a one-night stand, obviously, hypothetically. And she said, well, listen, I'm on my period. Here's a condom. Do you want to fuck me or not? You would say no? Yes. Wow. Okay, look, here's the perfect No, no, example. I mean, yes, I would do it. Oh, okay. Friday, <laughs> Friday 2, Amy tries to tell Paul that she's on her period, but he shuts right. her up. And then the next morning, he writes a note on her mirror that says, beware, <laughs> beware of, bears. of bears. So it's very clear that she's on her period. But clearly, he didn't give a shit. They had sex anyway. Now, that might not be... Huh. True. 
Well, let's, let's go back to Ginny P or Rat P. Now, I think it was the rat because I thought it was too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was too for, for years, but now I think it was her. No, I, I know watched. it's rat, and I can prove it. You know it? I've converted yeah. to thinking that it's Ginny because of the amount. Nope. Check it out. Right? Because of what Michael J said on the show. He's wrong. <laughs> no, Michael J said it was her. What does he know? He's not even on the show anymore. It shows how much he knows. <laughs> if it okay, she's under the bed, right now. A rat goes there. She sees the rat, and immediately you see pee squirt. If it was Ginny peeing, it would have just absorbed into her jeans. Yeah, I thought about that, too. Yeah, you would have never seen that pee. It was absolutely the rat, and Jason just saw movement, saw something going on under the bed, so he took a hunch, and he was right. He smelled the pee. (laughs) Well, he saw the pee. I know, I'm just teasing. Yeah, he went with the hunch, and he just got lucky. That's yeah, all you know, comes th- there was an awful lot of pee. Think about that. That pee was about five times the size of that rat. Mm-mm. Could you pee out five times the size of you, even if you had fucking 500 beers in your system? Could no. you pee, fill your jeans, and have it leak out in such a perfect little puddle? Wouldn't it just, like, leak everywhere along her whole leg? Like, Well, plus, wouldn't it be pink because she was on her period, so there was... <laughs> <laughs> it would be like strawberry milk. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the intent was that it was Ginny. I hate to admit it because I was on board with the rat the whole time. But eventually, the older I got, the more it made sense to me that it would be her. Just It just seemed more sensible. Well, I'm sticking with my rat. The world may never know. It's one of those questions, you know? Ask Amy Steele. Ask Steve Miner. Yeah, I think they answered it. I think it's against what I say. But they also say Paul did die, and I'm going with that he didn't. So stay tuned. Part nine. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's in my part nine. Right. I, I didn't know. give a fuck what they thought. Right. Guys, this is Cabin Fever Patient Zero. This movie just came out. Just to go back, the original Cabin Fever, everybody knows that one. That was 2002. The next one was Cabin Fever 2 Spring Fever 2009. And now we got this new one, Cabin Fever 3 Patient Zero. You're probably wondering why they didn't do a retrospective. I mean, it seems easy. Three movies. Um, I don't know. Maybe we just don't feel like putting that much time into into the next show. I just don't feel like putting that much time into Cabin Fever. <laughs> nah, that's too much, man. We, if we would talk about the, you don't want to talk about those three movies right in a row. They're too similar, and they're they're nothing. I don't know. I just, it's, I don't think it'd be a very good retro, in, in my opinion. It'd be enjoyable, but for the people doing it, it wouldn't be as fun. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, we wouldn't. Like to do it. Yeah. So Sean Aston, I think he's famous. I'm not sure what for. Uh, yeah. He's famous. Currently, he's on. The, well, yeah. Currently, he's on the strain. Well, he was until he got killed. Um, but before that, he was uh, Samwise Gamgee and the Mr. Frodo in the right? Lord of the Rings trilogy. And he was. I mean, God, he's been around forever. I mean, I thought he was. A, I thought he was a poor man's AJ a. Bone when I first saw him. In the, <laughs> you know. It was going to be my joke, but apparently, no. Sean Ashton was long before A.J. Bowen, so. Long before, yeah. Yeah. Isn't the A.J. Bowen a poor man? <laughs> like, <laughs> is there really anything below that? 
I mean, I'm not making fun. <laughs> like, I like him, but I mean, uh, he's not exactly like, oh, we can't get. I don't think anybody's saying we can't get AJ Bowen. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. True. I guess for horror fans, that's all. For horror I'm fans, AJ okay, Bowen. Sorry. No, you're not an asshole. I, I, well, you are, but I mean, not by making that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Dunn, don't know who, as Dobbs. <laughs> you don't know who. It's you, asshole. <laughs> What's his name? D O N O who. Dono who? Who? Brando Eaton. Jillian Murray is Penny, man. That's the chick. Ow. She should be in more horror. She should be more of a scream. 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 Scream queen. Yes. She should be more of a scream queen because. I think she's got the chops. I think she does just fine, and boy, she's nice to look at. Dude, she's in this movie called The Graves with with Bill Mosley. Is that the one about the sisters? Amanda Weiss, Tony Todd. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. Is it good? It was okay. <laughs> wow. I wasn't crazy about it. It's that chick, um, that weird face chick who's married to somebody. I can't. <laughs> You see, that's why I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we charge for these shows. <laughs> a weird chick, a weird face chick that's married to somebody. <laughs> let's think about well, this. Well, let's say that narrows it down to 2.4 billion girls. <laughs> I know somebody out there will know what I'm talking about. So basically this movie is about, you know, it has an amazing cover for the Blu-ray. It's a skull for Skeleton Crew under the water and above it like the top of its head is the island it's clever i like that i didn't yeah see it's that. an amazing cover yeah nice. so they all go to this island just to uh hang out or something these people who are infected with the virus you know from part one i guess i, I don't know if it's the same one but uh they have one guy in there who's immune to it so they're kind of trapping him and taking his blood and trying to find out the cure and this and that and then these kids go there, and uh... I think this is a prequel. Yes, this is definitely is? a prequel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, hence Patient Zero. Yeah, it's definitely a prequel. Somehow, you know, the thing is at the at the conclusion of this, we're not going to know how it happens to, you know, the events of this spill into Part One. They would actually have to come out with another movie, another another prequel. To explain how it gets to part one, because at the conclusion of this movie, it's just, it is what it is. But the, you wouldn't think that, where are they, Mexico or some shit? Do they even say where they are? They're in Dominican Republic. Is it Dominican? Okay, thank you. Yes. I, I, I missed that. I just knew they were speaking Spanish and other shit. I thought it was Mexico or the Bahamas. I don't know. But all I know is it was a tropical resort type thing. So. Wow. And, and Cabin Fever 1 takes place in the States, so I'm thinking, well, there's got to be some other way. <laughs> that right. it's going to come from there to there. It's not going to be a fucking bottle of water. <laughs> so. Well, the Dominican Republic is where you go to bang hookers without rubbers. So that's a interesting tip. Really? Yeah, you don't have to wear a condom with them. Why, they're supposed to be tested or something? No, they just don't care if you do or not. Oh, that's pretty safe. Okay. I think, uh, <laughs> I think what Rush Limbaugh went there to do that. You Rush can, Limbaugh. but does that mean that you should? <laughs> right. I thought there was an advantage the way Alex was saying. Like he was saying well, this is where you go. <laughs> if you want to do it, you're not going to catch anything, so why not? Um, nah, you're still right. <laughs> uh, no, it's still, it's like right there with Haiti, I think. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Hooker-wise, I mean. I'm not, I don't mean, you know. 
I'm just referring to hookers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. It's yeah. a fiance, brother, a friend, and the hot girl. So the it's a bachelor party. Uh, the white guy's marrying a rich Spanish girl. Uh, they they go to the island on a map called Virgin Beach, and uh, they snorkel. They go into the water. Uh, here's the weirdest part. Right away, I'm already questioning the the legitimacy of this movie. They're snorkeling. I knew it. Yes. Yeah, they go 30 feet under the water like, what the fuck is this? And they act like they have scuba gear. Right. Like, <laughs> like, this movie's full of shit like that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, are, are you are you referring to the pressure or like the no. how, do do you, how do you breathe through? Well, you just blow out your snorkel and yeah, you but... can go deeper than that. I mean, you can actually go underwater when you're snorkeling and then you just blow it out when you come back up. You just... Oh yeah, I know, but yeah, but who does that? They're just gonna keep going down. I didn't, down. I didn't really? go that far. I mean, I wasn't like wreck diving or anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're checking out the coral, right? <laughs> I just thought it was funny. They're going down, and then of course they don't show them blowing the water. But I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, in other words, every time they go below the surface level, they're gonna have to come back out and blow like shit a dolphin out. or something, you know? <laughs> Orca. Yeah, there you go. That's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. It's like a blowhole. Blowhole. <laughs> yes, yes. Blow it out your blowhole. Not to be confused with Penny's blowhole. <gasps> oh, boy. <laughs> What's down there, too? Whew. Shit. Oh, but would you still do it, though? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> it's it, Yeah, wear a condom, unlike the Dominican <laughs> Republic. Right. <laughs> Definitely. They go down there, and there is a really cool effect or tone to the movie. Um,. They go down and all the fish are dead and there's like no signs of life when they're there and it's kind of eerie. Then they go and there's just bones of fish. I agree, but dude, did you did you guys see that she came up, Penny, and said that there was body parts down there? Did you guys see body parts? No. I didn't. She said, okay, because yeah. I thought maybe I missed something because yeah, she too. said it's a, it's a fucking graveyard down there. And I was like, what did you see? Because <laughs> I apparently <laughs> just missed it completely if there were bodies down there yeah, i didn't see them there was just dead fish the one fish they focused on because it was a big one it was like a yeah. swordfish or something and you could see that it was half gutted or you know that it was be eaten eaten you know, half eaten and shit like that but she's like body parts i'm like i didn't see that of course i had to go back after i finished this movie and watch two or three scenes over oh, okay oh I of course that. i was up and down while i was watching this movie too so like Great! This is gonna be an awesome review, guys. So. In the beginning, no, just in the beginning, just in the beginning, and then like I, I settled in, you know, once shit start going, started going down. Jamie's up and down. None of us noticed the things the girls talking about. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went back. I tried because at the end I was like, "What the fuck, really?" Then I went back. I'm like, "Where did this?" You happen? Still didn't see it. No. And I went back. I had to watch. I had to rewatch some of the scenes because of the, you know twist situation at the end if you will i had to say go back and say wait a minute hold on and then i went back and saw that and went back and saw that and it was one of those things you know yeah well you know this this riddles so many horror movies whether or not they just die right away or shit like this and i think this happened in cabin fever one too why is it that the hottest girl in the movie has to either die or catch a disease first. There was no other girls really in the movie. I was going to say, mean, she was pretty much the only girl there, at least on the beach, you know. But couldn't we get another one in here? It, I mean, you could hire anybody you want, right? 
It's like, look, chick, we need you to come on this movie just so we can save the hot chick for last. Is right. That... <laughs> <laughs> so you're not the hot chick. <laughs> Even if you were cast and it said in the credits, the not hot girl who dies first, I think it's legitimate. Yeah, but we got the right one. <laughs> we got the right one to be on the beach, to do a semi-nude right. scene, to do things. At least it was her. Not that there was anybody unattractive in this movie, because I don't think there was. They no. were all, you know, there was nothing wrong with any of them. But they got the best-looking one to do the stuff she did. And she had the most screen time, I would say. Or, you know, maybe the, yeah, maybe the one girl. Right. Yeah, maybe some of the girls in the, what do you want to call it, the CDC, whatever. And that, and that, that place... Right. They may have had more screen time, especially the one, but... The, in, the Indian girl, yeah. Yeah, their dialogue wasn't... It wasn't near as interesting what was going on with them as, as what was going on in the beach, in my opinion, you know? Well, the first moment that's disturbing in the movie is the guy clown faces his girlfriend. <laughs> he comes up, and he says, Baby, you got so wet. And meanwhile, his face yeah. is completely covered in blood and gore. Now, are you going to tell me he didn't smell it or taste it while he was down there? Because Ugh. even if you don't see it, you know what blood smells like. You know what blood tastes like. And he seemed appalled when he realized it was blood. So the whole time he was down there, he thought she was just really wet. So that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a gag, like, gee, you're so wet, baby. Ah, it's blood. Like, I think that's all they were doing there. I don't think. I know, but they didn't think about it very much. But then she unleashes that unholy blood spew all over him, which is great. Yeah. (laughs) That was hot, man. There, I'd start banging her. (laughs) It was weird. But they did go for that. They went for a little bit of laughs in this movie, but not... Not the way they did in part two. Part two seemed uh, over the top the entire time with the dialogue and with the gore. Where this was, they, they threw little things in here and there, and they did things like that. They were ha-ha funny, and some of the dialogue was laughable. But I don't think it was the same tone as the second one. I think they no. toned it. Right? They toned it down. It's different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the tissue dripping, like, hanging off yeah, his yeah. lip and dripping on his chin and... What about awesome. when he goes <laughs> to pick her up? Yeah. What about when he picks her up and he tears the skin off her oh, arms? Her arms yeah. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? I think her reaction was not as strong as it should have been, considering he just peeled her arm. Mm-hmm. I-, I would expect her to have, like, blood-curdling screams coming out, and she was just really like, ow. <laughs> She's like, come on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn it, look what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. As much praise as I gave her for her performance, you're right. Yeah, she was a little. Yeah. Hey, dude, you're. I know why you're giving her praise, man, for her fucking performance. Well, she just she didn't do anything wrong to me. She looked good. No, you're right. And she didn't. You know what I mean? She just performed as well as anybody else. I mean, I'm just saying she wasn't a shitty actress. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah, she's hot and good. To be a scream queen, you have to not be a shitty actress. Usually, you have to be a, a moderately attractive. And, you know, being able to scream should help. And it seemed like she was able to pull that off. So that's why I was impressed. When the, when I knew that I was going to have an issue with this film was when we, we saw the doctor, the blonde doctor, and it's, and it's the the panned down and she's wearing those six-inch heels. 
Right. I'm like, all right, what porn set did she just right. jump off of <laughs> that she was playing the hot doctor? And then she's like, oh, let me go do this role. Right. <laughs> exactly. But she was wearing glasses, so that means she was smart. She's <laughs> she, yeah, she's sophisticated because her eyes suck. But dude, they're in the fucking the CDC. You know, or they're they're working for that. They're this is high level shit. You know, and you're gonna be. Sitting there showing cleavage, like like <laughs> just like Jamie said, like it's a porn. Like any minute, this doctor's gonna fucking bang this nurse. They would never walk around that way. Yep, only in a slasher. But that's what's funny about the movie that 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 was some of the entertainment for me. Was looking at that and saying, "Oh, that's ridiculous. Come on." But whatever, I found entertainment in it. I guess. No, there's look the movie. It does a good job on creepy moments. We already mentioned a few of them. <clears throat> you got you got when um. The dead body's laying in the uh, hallway of water and shit. And, you know, the one getting up and shit. Like, who expects that? I mean, I guess you sort of expect it, but who's thinking about it? You, you actually wonder why they're even going there. Then all of a sudden the guy gets up. But what do you guys think? You know, there's like a, one moment that I thought was strange. Like, um, like the zombie attack. Yeah, why? Like, what was that? Yeah, why? That never... Right? Parts of the other movies, it was nothing like that. It was just about the virus that attacked the skin, and it was an awful thing to happen to somebody. But you didn't, because it hit you, you didn't get up and fucking go after somebody. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was very, um, it didn't go along with the other movies. I was thinking the same thing. Why a zombie-type attack? And wouldn't those guys in part one have started attacking each other if... Right. It's it affects your brain at some point, and they probably just are losing their minds. Is is what you know where I took it. I mean, I'm just trying to make some sense out of it. But you know, I don't know. Then you've got the then you've got the guy shooting the gun where his arm oh, breaks off, and then the gun stabs him in the eye. And I was awesome. like, what the fuck? <laughs> We've never that seen was that. Awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Definitely. I really, I will say that the gore effects in this film were really entertaining. There were some like the um, the infected cat fight on the beach. Um, yes, that oh, was pretty wow. fun. I mean, because yes. what you have here are two really hot chicks who, in, in any under under any other circumstances, seeing them roll around and fight on the beach would be really hot. Only this time, their skin's falling off. You know, they're they've got all these lesions. Their hair's coming out in clumps, and and I love it when Penny's like, "You're one ugly bitch," yeah. talking to him, <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, look at you, honey." Right, that's what I was thinking. They're both then fucking half mutilated. Beats her to like, death yeah. with a with a fucking Kong dildo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, which was great. I, you know, as soon as I mean, you kind of you knew that was coming. Like you were just waiting for it, um, waiting for for somebody to go getting their ass beat with it. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so I did, I did get some enjoyment out of the gore. I thought that was, you know, pretty top notch. They did good with the gore. Uh, smashing her face into broken pieces oh, was awesome. Yes. But that's the series. The series, every one of these movies, they're carried by the gore. And that's one thing about this entire franchise. Well, I don't want to use the word franchise, but, you know, all these movies, that's one constant they have is they usually have good gore. Two is a little bit over the top and a little more comical gore. But whatever. They always have that in these movies. Yeah, even <clears throat> this has like that Return of Living Dead kind of humor to it when the blonde you were talking about, the high heels and tits, when before she pulls her face mask down, she's talking completely normally. 
And then you take her thing off, and she has no lips, and she's sounding out peas. She's saying ma and all this other shit. And it's like, how the fuck did you say any of that? <laughs> it's just so stupid. Funny. It's like the pain of being dead. dead. Like, honey, can you try not to use every syllable in the you know? <laughs> That's great. The pain of being dead. Right. <laughs> it, it is what it should sound. Ed, who the fuck is Ed, and why is it painful to be Ed? <laughs> Ed's right over there, and it's painful to be him because he's dying from this. <laughs> yeah, he's dying. He's dying like everybody else. That's his name. You know what's funny, though, about that cat fight scene? Did you realize that right before it happened, the, 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 the doctor's back is to Penny because Penny's in the tent, and she comes up, and she sees her trying to start the boat? And then she says something to her. It's like, who are you? She's like, oh, I'm the doctor. You yeah, know, she, she never turns around. She doesn't turn around yet, right. <laughs> then she finally does turn around. Because You know why she doesn't turn around? Because of her, her appearance. Now, she has no idea that Penny's appearance is just as, well, as worse right. than hers. So then the funny thing is she turns around and looks at her. Because first she says, she's like, yeah, I'm the oh, doctor. I and I, I'm going to take you for some help or whatever. Then she turns around and she looks at her. And you know what she says? She's I think like, you're going to need a referral. Right? <laughs> All right? You might need a referral, which I thought was fantastic. That was funny. Totally. This movie is loaded with funny lines like that that are just, you know, <laughs> you might need a referral. That's fucking great. Like when that guy, no one ever says this, but when the, when those two guys go back to the place and it's a, they see it's a big mess and there's blood and the one guy says, don't touch it. And the other guy says, why the fuck would I want to touch it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. People always say that in horror movies. And that, that sums it up. Some people always say, oh, don't touch that. And no one ever has that response. Why the fuck would I touch it? You know? <laughs> yeah, it is sort of uh, Ooh, meta. It's, it's, it has a level of meta to it. <laughs> and how about later on, all the shit hits the fan. It's so far into the plot. And at one point, the guy says, oh, great fucking bachelor party, he Oh, God. It's funny shit, man. No, it is. It, but what do you think about that? Okay, we just mentioned a lot of great gore. The storyline is is a storyline, and it has um, really like solid humor for the most part and memorable scenes and stuff. Did this movie overall capture a good like a movie worth like you know we're, we so easily buy all these movies from the eighties like fucking you know all these movies that we're just willing to buy like it's not even we don't even think about it. Would you purchase this? Would you want to own this? Is this something to keep or is this just a one and out? Hmm. Hmm. I would actually like to watch this again. I think so. Yeah. Um, the the gore alone was pretty worth it. I mean, there were some really silly moments like with the gun and all, but. It was still entertaining. Like, I loved the, when the girls are fighting and they're actually fighting in the tent and the one chick's arms just break off <laughs> oh, while yeah. they're fighting. Her she arms just her? break oh. off and she falls over. And I'm like, that's pretty funny. You know, I mean, because, I mean, you think about it. If you're in that kind of pain, <sighs> the kind of pain where your your body is basically just falling apart on you, are you even going to be trying to fight somebody? No, I'd be, like, huddled in a corner somewhere, like, depressed as shit. I'd be crying. I'd, I'd, I may have even killed myself at that point. Right. Or I, I'd try <laughs> swimming to the other side or wherever the fuck or get in a boat. or I, I don't know what I'd be doing. But I mean, seriously, even if you find a cure, even if there's some way that you get to live through that, look at yourself. Right. You're not going to fix that. Even if you – yeah, even if you didn't have a disease in you and you look like that, you're fucked. 
You know, even if it was from some like a fucking lawnmower accident or whatever the fuck, like you're, you're. Yeah, that means I could never walk around naked again. <laughs> My true. life is over. Absolutely yeah. right. It <laughs> would be just. It would just be awkward at that point. <laughs> you know, um, I do want to watch it again, also. And like I said at the end, I was a little bit confused. And then they did the backward wrap up, and I still wanted to go back a little more. So I went back to a few scenes, and I paid like two minutes here and two minutes there. So for that reason alone. I know I like to go back and revisit it. Um, as far as purchasing it and, and watching it multiple times, um, no, probably not. But like I said, I, I'd like to see it again. So, yeah. I mean, I that's think, something. This is not something that would make it into my regular rotation. But I will give it another viewing um, just because I'm, I'm curious to watch it again. But I don't, I don't know that I would have any desire to own it. But I did also like the beginning when we first got to where they picked up Sean Aston and, you know, they're walking through the house and then you see the one person who is dead mid vomit, like over the toilet. Um, I mean, I think it started out pretty strong with some pretty nasty stuff. I mean, like, you know, as soon as the movie starts, you get some good gore effects. I was like, okay, no, I'm I'm into it. You know, let's see what you got. And then they delivered on that. You know, they delivered on the gore. You know, you got all kinds of body parts and skin peeling and vomit puking and uh, vomit puking. But vomit puking. puking. <laughs> yeah, normally you puke vomit. Uh, I guess you could. There's other options, I suppose. <laughs> Blood vomiting. And, you know, I mean, they, they definitely deliver on that. So it's I would say it's worth at least one watch for people out there who haven't seen it. At least one. And right. at least one, yeah. And then you may decide you want to keep it around for fun. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the it person over the toilet had no back. Right, and yeah. Sick. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. I like the conflict and character between the doctor and the two nurses. Right. Uh, they all had different agendas, you know? That was something else we didn't discuss, and there's no need to get into it deeply, but, you know, there was a couple things, and then there was the conflicts between the group and the guy and Penny and his brother and that. So there was. It kept you entertained, and I like how it went back and forth a lot. The first half I really enjoyed, how there was a little bit with the with the disease center and then a little bit with the kids. I think it kind of drags in the middle when the kids break into the place. And, yeah, it goes on unnecessarily. Like, Oh, my long. God, they're going through every fucking room, and it's like, God, yeah. you're boring me with the dark. You know, movies got to realize it is boring to watch people walk through stuff in, in the dark. Well, it's like... Watching someone play Resident Evil who feels the need to open every fucking drawer. <laughs> even when there's like, even if you're playing a video game that gives you a hint, you know, like a glowy dot, <laughs> if there's somewhere you need to look, but even though there's no glowy dot, they still feel the need to go in the closet. And I'm like, God damn it, it to- it's telling you not to bother. You know, <laughs> but it's like you open the drawer. Yeah, there was the no tension. It's like, Nothing here, and then you close the next drawer. Nothing here. I'm like, get a hint. There's nothing there. But the, hey, so, asshole. <laughs> that part was like watching uh, some obsessive compulsive person play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There was no tension to it. Like, like as above, so below. Which you know, Jamie just saw and I just saw. They were in a tunnel. They were you know in that situation. But there was tension, and there was situations constantly that were that made had reason to be there for the plot where watching two assholes fucking walking around in the dark putting lights on and looking that's just show it for a minute for you know 
to show what's happening, but you don't have to fucking do that for 10, 15 minutes. Nope. I was walking away from the and TV. I swear it like, felt like they were in the, they kept going back to the same places. I, I was just like, haven't we been here already? You know, <laughs> Small budget, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Flintstones, you know, the same background over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I kept falling asleep. My eyes kept getting heavy. I was like, oh, I got to review this. It was tough getting through that. But wait, real quick, I just want to mention the director of the first one is Eli Roth. The director of the second one was Ty West. And the director of this one is Carr Andrews. C uh, K A A R E. I don't know who that is. Uh, let me see if they did you. anything worthwhile. Um, they, oh, they did ABC. Okay, everybody did ABC to death. Yeah, but apparently his was one of the better ones. So I've heard. I don't know which one it was, but I did because I. Oh, here it is. It says V V for Vagitus. Vagitus? What? V for Vagitus. Vagitus. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I wanted to say something because it was funny. How about when they first get in the tent and it was afterwards and and, it, they, and the guy Josh, I think his name is the fucking meathead brother, comes to the conclusion. That they fucking, that she fucking smoked some weed before they snorkeled and he just had some and now this happened. He goes, well, baby, this is the answer. Their skin's falling off. He's like, oh, yeah, it, yeah it's, weed. it's a different strain of weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what idiot. the fuck kind of weed <laughs> would cause rashes and shit? Didn't you notice the whole island had rashes and skin falling off? <laughs> and how about, are you allowed to fucking cabanas? No, I, okay. I don't think, particularly not... Not in that situation. Right. It was a very upscale resort. <laughs> right. And he's like, the security guard just walks in and he's like, all right, never mind. And he turns around and walks out. I'm like, what? <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> uh, if you saw the chick, you'd understand. Because <laughs> I've been to some kick-ass cabanas in Vegas at some of the cooler clubs by the side of the pool. And, and that shit, that's a no-go. I, I don't just, fly. I, yeah. No, I don't fly. I just found that funny, especially like Jamie said, at, at a posh place like that. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but if that was my girlfriend, I couldn't keep my dick out of her, man. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Unless, she had... Unless she was on her period. Yes. But like I said, <laughs> if it was the only time I'd have with her... <laughs> I would do the condom thing, and that I'm I'm completely against. I would do that under under protest. <laughs> the protest. I've only worn a condom literally one, two, three times in my entire life. Three what? In, individual occasions, yeah. <sighs> See, what Jamie said before about a deal breaker with the situation with her and a man, and how she didn't mess with them again because he wouldn't do it. I've literally been with women. And they wouldn't be with me again because I insisted on wearing a condom. I didn't to go bareback. How fucked up is it? But this was the early nineties. You called me, man. It was a different time. It was. I think I went. Honestly, I think I went like eight years with all my sex being condoms. But oh, what a waste! Yeah, but they were women that I wasn't really serious with. I was partying and this and Good that. Good for fucking, you, Dave. Yeah. Well, thanks. I didn't wear one, and I'm fine. It was a different time. I hear you. And then, yeah. Well, you're fucking lucky, dude. I mean, this it's like that is not a good practice. It is no. not. I mean, if you're in a committed relationship with someone, for and you are certain that you're both okay, then you know you then you do whatever. But if you're just going to be having casual sex with someone, you have no idea where the fuck they've been. Right. Not a clue. It was very casual. Yeah, it's casual as fuck. That's insane. And some of these women were very questionable at that age. <laughs> All right, what do you what do you guys what do you think of the big twist ending? I mean, you, you knew something was coming. Say they killed the doctor who's in charge of everything. 
they get on their boat. It's the the guy who was getting married, the Indian girl, or probably Dominican, whatever. I don't know what she is, but and then um, so the the uh, the non the non cleavage and high heel doctor. <clears throat> the big twist is that the guy who's immune to everything, he gives them water to infect and kill them. Then he uh, he takes off in the dinghy. A dinghy? What's that? Oh, is that how he got he away? Boat. Remember they go up they go upstairs to the to the top deck. They see the captain dead and then they're like where did he go? And then she says he he left in the dinghy. So he took the dinghy and and went off and then you see him in the ocean, you know, as he's going away. What? I watched that scene twice. I didn't see that. <laughs> I even went back and I was confused. They're talking about mice and fucking porter and water and, and blood. And I'm like, why? What the fuck just happened? I didn't understand. So I went back and watched it again. And I got the gist of it the second time. But at the end, I just deducted that he just fucking jumped in the fucking water and swam away. I didn't even th- see a dinghy or oh, he, hear that she took said. a boat. But oh, um, takes a yes. boat. Okay. So he <laughs> so he killed he killed all of them. See, I upgraded. It's Jason takes a cruise ship. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he so he took all of them out because they're the only ones who know who he is. And no, and I'm guessing that's how it got back to got back to the states in order for part one to happen. As I'm thinking, he took it back because he even though he was immune to it, he was a carrier, so he was infected. His blood is infected, but he is not. He's actually immune to the virus itself. You know what? It's very much like The Stand with with Stu Unger's character in The Stand. uh It was not Unger. Was that Unger or was it Stu Redman? Whatever the fuck. Yeah, Redman. Stu Mocker. Stu Maker. Yes, him too. Yes. Mocker, Mocker, Fucker. Um, (laughs) Stu. Stu's character in The Stand and then the boy, that asshole in fucking 28 Weeks Later. That little boy. Wasn't it the same situation where they were immune but they still had it or whatever the fuck? They yeah, I don't know if Stan actually had it in the stand, did he? I mean, I know that he was I think immune, they were all immune. I don't know if he was a carrier, but... Yeah, I guess I was kept thinking about the stand because the situation with him being in there and, and poked and prodded and they wouldn't let him out kind of was reminding me of the stand. It was, yeah, that's exactly what I thought of, too, when we were watching this, the, the Sean Astin part. Is, mm-hmm. you know, they're, I mean, they're attempting to, they want to use his blood to, to make uh, a vaccine. yeah. Right. Yeah, but it doesn't kill the virus. It just makes it so you can you can have it, but it just doesn't kill you. So <clears throat> I don't know. Well, uh, I think he could have just just done nothing and got on the dinghy and went his own way. How the fuck would they ever recognize or find this guy again? He could just go anywhere. They, he could literally live across the street on the corner, and they would never even know it. Like, why must he kill these people? They don't really care that much. They're just happy to be alive at that point. They're not really like, oh, dude, we're all about you now, man. you got to come with us, blah, blah, blah. We're going to find the fucking thing. Like, I don't know. I think he, he could have just let him live. It was- I think, I think it's a twist. I agree with that. I, I think that they probably wouldn't have uh, done shit if he just escaped. Right. But I think he's thinking, this is the government. You know, I'm fucking with the government now. Mm-hmm. So government will find you. 
And I think that's what he was thinking, his train of thought anyway. but Yeah, and they played up to it throughout the movie because then you see it later. He doesn't trust her and he goes, you know, I'm not the only one that I'm dangerous to or something. He says it right to that woman. Even though the, that woman is a good girl, so to speak, she was like the good cop. Um, uh-huh. At the end, he still didn't trust it and he was still pissed off. And then again, I think maybe it was just a twist for the sake of having a twist. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking that. So uh, how do we rate this movie? Uh, Jamie, one out of f- uh, how many out of five? Um, I would say probably two point five. Okay. Maybe a three if I watch it again, but I, right now I'm sitting at two point five. So Jamie doesn't know if she liked it or not. Dave, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, strangely enough, um, I haven't used that rating in quite a while. But um, I call it the cop-out rating, and I've done it a few times, but I agree. I, I give it a 2.5 because I like some hey, of it. Hey, it's not a cop-out. Well, that's just my I, nickname for it. It's a cop-out because I'm not really – it's between like not liking it and liking it, you know? Yeah, like I'm not crazy, but like I don't really like it, you know, but I don't, right. I don't dislike it either. I mean it's just sort of – Well, I'm sexually liberated. I just don't like fucking bloody pussies either. <laughs> 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 anyway. <laughs> Uh, I am going to go ahead. This is going to be a, tr- a try fuck them because I also oh. give this a 2.5. It's really weird. I mean, like, look, there are good points to the movie. It looks, there's a lot of creepy moment. I wouldn't say creepy, just gory, good gory moments. There's, the humor is okay. I really don't need to hear those jokes again. It was, it was pleasant enough, I suppose. Uh, I'd never need to see this again. I have no desire. If I was going to see a highlight reel and just see the cool parts, I'd look at it. But I'd probably turn it off halfway through. I just, I don't know if I like it or not. It's just, it's just nothing. I guess you should check it out. If you're a fan of, if you're big into these movies, you know, it's very controversial if people even like part two. There's that whole controversy about it. So if you do, then yeah, sure, watch it. But yeah, we all just don't know if we like it or not. So we'll be back after this. I will listen now. After your father's murder, you are orphaned. You are ten years old. You went to live with your cousins on a sheep or horse ranch in Montana, and... And one morning I just ran away. No, just, Clarice. What set you off? You started at what time? Early. Still dark. Then something woke you, didn't it? Was it a dream? What was it? I heard a strange noise. What was it? It was screaming, like some kind of screaming, like a child's voice. What did you do? I went downstairs, outside. I crept up into the barn. I was so scared to look inside, but I had to. And what did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Lambs. The lambs were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs. And they were screaming. And you ran away. No. First I tried to free them. I I opened the gate to their pen, but they wouldn't run. They just stood there confused. They wouldn't run. But you could, and you did, didn't you? Yes, I took one lamb, and I ran away as fast as I could. Where were you going, Clarice? I don't know. I didn't have any food, any water, and it was very cold, very cold. I thought, I thought if I could save just one, but it was so heavy, so heavy. I, 
I didn't get more than a few miles when the sheriff's car picked me up. The rancher was so angry he sent me to live at the Lutheran Orphanage in Bozeman. I never saw the ranch again. What became of your lamb, Clarice? They killed him. A really cool guy who's been listening to the show for pretty much since the very beginning. His name is Kevin Dick Dick Dicciani. Yes. You just keep saying it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired of this. And now when I heard the other guy say that Joe from the House of Horrors, I mess up names, not him. That's your thing. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> no one does it like you, baby. <laughs> yeah, and, and to think that this is some kind of gimmick, no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> That's the sad part, but I at least like to think that not a, not everybody does that. You do it with flair. Yes. <laughs> Every time, and think about it, I'm doing, I'm doing a service to people. Think of how boring it is to have to sit through the cast read. The fact that I cannot properly read a name, that at least provides some entertainment within the cast read. Unless everyone's name on the cast is, you know, Joe Anderson, then just be... Right. So it all, everything works out. But anyway, this guy, Kevin... Itchiani. He sent us a song. I did that, uh, the, remember when I was feeling suicidal and I, I wrote a suicide note in a rap song? You mean when you were Eminem? Yeah, so I was really depressed. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. He he liked that, and, you know, uh, I did the Friday the 13th song that's gone viral, Jamie. You wouldn't believe how many people heard that. It was really good. Thanks. Yeah, let's check now. 1,787. Nice. I can't lie. I thought it would be more by now. With So Kevin made a rap song, and it's called Psycho. So clearly me and you are comp- all for this. Just based on the name alone. So let's play Kevin's song. Well, he was he was in a different state of mind when he did this, but here we go. Let's hear from the creative mind of Kevin Dicciani. Yes, here we go. Who's gonna write it? Who's gonna kill it? Well, I'm come back, God willing. I've been lost on this road of life all too long. These motherfuckers sing, I'm too far gone, but I'm not man. I just need something to break the monotony. The oxies acted like you get out of jail free card monopoly. The oxies. <laughs> he said he was in a different state of mind. Did he do 90 milligrams of, of per? What the fuck do you think you? Now, tell me before we start throwing out judgments, though. On Mace Pass, grabbing aluminum fat. Go to your house and run through the back. Grandmother, death, I feed the cat. Yeah, mentally, I'm oh, Jane, that must have hurt. He's gonna <laughs> beat your grandmother to death with an aluminum bat while she's feeding the cat. Yeah, well, don't get any on the cat. <laughs> and what the hell's a cat supposed to eat? Grandma. <laughs> I'm a fucking psychopath. Me drugs. You do the math. My brain is filled with holes and cracks. When my heart is cold and black. No sympathy. No empathy. This world wasn't meant for me. This don't never dreamt for me. So I'm left to be in this imprisonment. Life or death, it makes no difference. You little shit. You have no idea where my mind might go. In the depths of my soul, I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho. In the depths of my soul, I'm a psycho. 
my god, he's singing. Okay, let's see, see if he could sing. In the depths of my soul, I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho. The rapping is really good. Yeah, I like his. I really like his voice, and I like that beat. That's cool. <clears throat> Do you like his singing? I'd like to hear more. In the depths of my soul, I'm a psycho. You have no idea where my mind might go. In the depths of my soul, I'm a psycho. Yeah, I'm a psycho. Yeah, I'm a psycho. Psycho, psycho. Second verse, a second curse. Tell him to bring a second hearse. She's bloody enough to think that seven women gave birth. And Several women did what at birth? Um, actually, I don't know. I missed that part. Rewind a little bit. The thing that seven women gave birth. Gave birth. They gave birth. Seven? Matters worse. I just made the earth rotate reverse. Only the drops are purse. A man just ups his worth. I don't know who's hard to trust. A girl or your boy who's in love with slut. Who's hard to trust? A girl you love or a slut? Some kind of slut. Oh wait, no. No. I think I misinterpreted that. A girl you love or a boy who's in love with sluts? I don't know. You know, this is actually pretty good because he's really running through a lot here in a short amount of time and not messing up. Yes, he is. And I dig the lyrics, what I'm getting of them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, the production isn't like a studio, so it's kind of tough to make it out. But yeah. I'm actually digging the lyrics. Like, none of them are putting me to sleep. Pencils, throws heavier than her menstrual. Spazzing like a Tasmanian devil. Can you hear my voice over the bass and the travel? I can see right through. Actually, we cannot hear his voice over the bass and travel. That's the problem. You like the hobble, and I can tell your trouble. I can pop off like a bubble. Turn your world to rubble. You have no idea when my mind might go. In the depths of my soul, I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho. Go! Psycho. I'm a psycho. You have no idea where my mind might go. my soul, I'm a psycho. So what do you think, Jamie? It's a li- it's a little hollow in some places, so I can't hear it extraordinarily well sometimes. Right. But I'm digging the lyrics. I like the rapping, not hundred percent on the singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, don't feel bad, man. My singing is worse than that. So, <clears throat> I'm not making fun of you, but I will advise you. You see, the reason I became a rapper, Jamie, a lot of people don't know this, it's because my singing was so bad. You see, I was very musically inclined back starting at age uh, 15 or so. I like somehow learned a guitar like pretty much right away. I just understood it right away. So I was doing a bunch of songs, and of course I started with cover songs, and I did a lot of my own, and I had to sing because nobody else in our our group of friends knew how to sing, so I had to do it. And, <clears throat> man, every you wouldn't believe how many times I played people our songs, and they go, well, the music's good. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so I just gave up. On that idea, and then Eminem came out, and I was like, "Oh wait, white people could do that too." I, I still can write lyrics pretty well, and I'm sure I could just rap. How hard could that be? And then I did that, and that's how I became rapidly inclined. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make that a lyric. 
No. <laughs> All right, Kevin, we'll be right back. After this, Kevin, thank you for the song. Uh, good stuff, bro. We'll be right back. This is Mr. Skin for MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Nude on Blu-ray, Spartacus, the complete series, will whip up your Caesar dressing. All four seasons are chock full of Titus Maximus, and naked Roman babes like Lucy Lawless, Viva Bianca, and Jamie Murray will have you saying, I am Hardicus. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your tissues. You haven't tasted your gift yet. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Over on the boob tube, Showtime and HBO continue to deliver amazing nudity. First, Lizzie Kaplan's cans had another spectacular showing on Masters of Sex. Then Gretchen Mole made her long-awaited nude return to Boardwalk Empire. These shows will give you a premium cable. Finally, nude on Blu-ray, it's the 30th anniversary of Paul Verhoeven's Skinfest, Flesh and Blood. A young Jennifer Jason Lee gets mega naked repeatedly, including full frontal fur, and Nancy Cartwright, better known as the voice of Bart Simpson, even flashes some boobage. Don't have a cow, ma'ams. No, knock it off, you perverts. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. That was a review of Cabin Fever 3, Oculus. We're still keeping it fresh on the Skeleton Crew. There is nothing that's going to stop us. Like we said, guys, uh, we have that big show coming up. Abbott and Costello meet... Everybody. The Skeleton Crew. Yeah. Well, it's actually Skeleton We're making them meet us because we're going to dive in to these five movies. you got to try to find these movies, guys. Try. There's no way you can hear that show. I know some of you guys listen to these reviews without even watching the movie. I'm telling you, there's no way you could really appreciate it the way you could if you knew what we were talking about. So what they need to do, at a worst-case scenario, hear the show, get excited about them, then seek them out, and then listen to it again. That, too? Yeah. Worst, I mean, worst case. Best case, they watch them now in preparation. Yeah. I recommend that, guys. You have two weeks to watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, The Killer, The Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and The Mummy. So we're going to go over all those movies in one big sit-down chat. Me, Jamie, Ryan Lewis, and Dave Z. We're all going to sit down and do an overview of all five of those great movies. Uh, they're classics. You have to. See. This is the first comedy horror movies ever made. How many other great comedy horror movies are there? I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> House, Shaun of the Dead. You have Return of the Living Dead, Evil Dead Two. Are you counting like spoofs or just straight up comedies? What do you think Abbott Costello is? What would you consider those spoofs? Well, I think they're more. I think they're comedies, you know, because it. Yeah. Would you say they were mocking these? No, not at all. I think they treat them very reverently, but just insert comedy into them. So I think they'd be considered horror comedies, not spoofs. Okay. Yeah, it's not like fucking. And they're really funny. Dead and lo- living it, or whatever it's called. Dead and loving it. Right. That's just stupid. <laughs> these were real movies these were crafted to be the monsters played it straight I think until there, there comes a point where they don't I believe right like by the mummy stuff. at that point 
the mummy's not doing shit he would normally do. It's almost like in a normal horror movie, everything is crafted as a horror movie. In, in these movies, it's these guys are not changing who they are just because something was implemented into their lives. Is that would that would that be an accurate description? Yeah, totally. And I like the fact too that they they are aware of the existence of these legends, you know, and then they just don't. So they're playing it straight, like, oh, these aren't real, you know. There's just it's just a story, and but so they are completely aware of them. They know who Frankenstein was. They know who Dracula was, you know. Uh, is that considered meta, being self-referential? Like reading Dracula's curse, Dracula must rise out of his coffin every night at sunset where he lies helpless during the day. Like, Maybe so, yeah. Maybe it, they did. Is that meta? I think so. I mean, it, that term didn't exist back then, but if it did, I think it could have been applied. Wow. So there you go, guys. We're going to do an overview of the first meta horror movies ever. That's big stuff, and nobody has, I don't think, you know, there are reviews out there for Abbott Costello Frankenstein, yes, but nobody has, has has run the whole gambit on all five movies. So, you'll only hear it here on a historic skeleton crew, and a historic show. So, that's it. Jamie, have anything? No, I'm excited. I want to get to the next show. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> let's get out of here and get into this. It's going to be a party. Abbott Costello, meet the skeleton crew. We will see you then. Good night.